Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is part two of my chat with Alex Katuzian, Senior Vice President and General Manager of Mobile Compute and Infrastructure for Qualcomm, where we talk about Apple's M1 chip and Qualcomm's own ambitions in PCs and gaming. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Obviously, uh, the idea of quote-unquote mobile or ARM processors powering laptops have gotten a lot buzzier thanks to Apple and crowing about their M1 and now M1 Max and Pro processors. Now, I know Qualcomm has been making processors for Windows PCs for a long time early. In fact, I think one of the first was at a Snapdragon Summit a couple of years back. Uh, but obviously, Apple's got a lot of attention, a lot of buzz for it. Um, and the, the, at least prior generations of Windows PCs that ran on those Snapdragon compute processors weren't always the most well-received. So I'm curious what we can expect for this this new compute platform uh, and how it sort of stacks up with Apple. Sure. So, um, so, so first of all, this is our third-generation compute platform coming at the 8CX Gen 3. And uh, we we are um, looking forward to the designs that are coming out with this with this uh, chipset and software combined uh, because we have now improvements on CPU performance. We have improvements on GPU performance. We have improvements in overall multimedia capability of the PC, including camera, audio, and artificial intelligence applications that are going to ensue. Uh, so so we look we look forward to having our our ecosystem partners make full use of those capabilities when it comes to uh, mobile, portable, always on, always connected PCs. Uh, second, in the, in the, in the future, um, you know, uh, you and, and your listeners also know that we, uh, we bought a company called Nuvia and they're gonna be working on our next generation processor that we will integrate into, uh, into, um, PC, our PC products. And we're going to be sampling those products in 2022 and hopefully having it in our ecosystem partners' products uh, in 2023. Right. And, and just for context, Nuvia is a startup you, you acquired that was founded by a couple of former Apple engineers and they've been working on, on next generation PC chips, correct? That's correct. And, and uh, you know, they are, they are processing and CPU experts. And so um, that will strengthen even even more strengthen our product line capabilities uh, for for PCs uh, independent of independent of the OS. Uh, you know, having that compute capability will allow us to step up our our performance and and use case uh, um, variety throughout the throughout the PC ecosystem. And so so. We've learned a lot in the past four or five years with partnering with Microsoft and optimizing our capabilities around the applications that are running on the PC. We've been working with the ecosystem developers uh, on the PC to optimize to more of the multimedia and integrated capabilities that we have in our chips. And then we look forward to having the next generation 
of processing capability with the Nuvia engineers, the Qualcomm Nuvia engineers that are stepping in and increasing that capability for us even more. Well, yeah, I want to dig into the Nuvia deal and what, what that impact might actually be, because I don't know if you can give me, again, in more sort of practical or tangible ways, like what exactly will that, that Nuvia talent and, and the, the work that they've done on chips, how, how will that actually change? Is it just about speed? Is it about multitasking? Like what exactly will they be able to bring to the Snapdragon compute processors? Well, if you if you take a look at the the CPU, uh, it's probably along with the GPU is one of the more important uh, processing cores that can go into a PC. Uh, there's a lot of applications that have uh, legacy been running on CPUs and GPUs, uh, and and so so the performance and the peak performance of of these laptops uh, matter a lot based on the concurrency of applications that you have and as well as uh, what type of performance you're looking for depending on the application. But if you take a look at, for example, a uh, portable connected PC that is thin, light, and, and capable of you know, having battery life that's, uh, that's multiple hours, you know, maybe close to like 20 hours, um, you know, those, those types of PCs don't demand a huge amount of performance capability, but they have great multimedia capability and they have uh, long-lasting all-day use case uh, abilities. Uh, as you step up in in uh, in performance, then you're running you know harder tasks. Maybe you're crunching numbers. Uh, you know maybe you're playing harder games uh, in on your portable device. That whole system becomes more capable of running harder applications and more number crunching or more uh, CPU or GPU intensive types of applications that are out there. Um, you know, uh, so, so we can address a wider range of the PC market. We can increase our product capabilities and address a wider range of devices that are, that are higher, higher wattages and possibly higher prices. So our roadmap density is going to increase uh, with the next generations of devices that are going to come out. And, uh, and like I said, we look very much look forward to that in producing a solution that is system optimized, multimedia optimized, and processing capability optimized to address a wide range of the PC uh, ecosystem and tiers. Got it. And so uh, I'm curious then if, you know, the, the, the fruits of the Nuvia uh, technology probably isn't like you're saying isn't showing up until at least in the market till 2023 like so is 2022 are you still going to be kind of behind sort of apple and and i'm, I'm curious if it just sort of philosophically because apple controls the full stack right the, the the chips the hardware the software all of it do they have an inherent advantage against you know a, a system such as yourself where you have to work with different partners and you've got to tweak and customize for every different hardware manufacturer. Um, and, and there isn't that, that full control that the Apple would have. So the way, the way I look at the partnership that we have with Microsoft is, uh, is that we're, we're extremely cooperative and we're extremely supportive of each other when it comes to optimizations. And, and uh, you know, we do the same thing uh, for our solutions on, on the Chrome side as well. We, we optimize and we take, advantage of every uh, um, you know, capability that we have underlying technology in our chipsets. And, and uh, you know, let's, if we look at the Windows side in particular, 
uh, many of the applications on modern PCs now are running multi-thread. They're not really actually single-threaded applications or multi-threaded applications. And having um, inherently having our solutions uh, be, be um, derived from mobile traits, meaning that you know, we have multiprocessors that we're dealing with. Uh, we have high performance, low power capability. Uh, we have connectivity and we have multimedia solutions that are now necessary on the PC side. When you look at what we're doing today, uh, the PC has become one of the biggest communication devices in the world. We're running video, we're, running, you know, we're engaged in video teleconferencing, AI capability starts to step in, your camera quality becomes important, your audio capability becomes very important. So it's really the mobile traits are coming to the PC. And um, many, many uh, developers, the ecosystem developers in the PC are starting to take advantage of that. And they're realizing that the modern, uh, the modern worker has to be mobile, has to be connected, they have to be secure. And they're gonna take advantage of all the multimedia capability that's, that should be integrated into, into, a, into a laptop. And they see the advantages that a company like Qualcomm brings to, to the table. And they want to take advantage of these things. And they want to optimize to what we have as our underlying technology. And that's the, the partnership that we have with our OS partners. And, and you, if you look at what we're doing with Microsoft is we're continuously optimizing the stack on top of the Qualcomm Snapdragon chipsets. We're continuously optimizing applications that are in the ecosystem to take advantage of the underlying technology. Their, their interfaces and their drivers and their APIs to the developer community consists of what we have under the hood. So we look at ourselves as a partner that can optimize the applications, the OS, on top of great hardware that Qualcomm provides and underlying multimedia capabilities that these laptops need. Mobile traits are coming to the PC. And so let's not, you know, there, there's no doubt about it anymore. The more, um, the more integrated capability that you have, the more high performance, low power solutions that you can bring to the table, the better off the user experience is gonna be on laptops. All right. Uh I want to talk about gaming. Uh, before you talked about the importance of mobile gaming, but you're actually getting into another aspect of this, which is handheld PC gaming, something akin to the the Steam Deck. Uh, and you know, there's already it's already a pretty crowded market there. You know, you've got PC gamers, you've got console gamers. What what exactly is the opportunity here for you know developing a device that can play PC games portably like the Steam Deck? Yeah, so so if you if like I said, the mobile gaming uh, ecosystem is making a ton of money, and and uh, there is room for handheld game uh, gaming machines that allow portable applications to be you know taken everywhere, uh, having the connectivity to be able to stream uh, games through that device. Uh, there is a there is a space that's being created for that type of a device alongside with your phone. Um, you know, and, and we see this opportunity um, for us to grab that because we've been bringing more and more mobile, cap sorry, uh, desktop types of capabilities into mobile gaming. Uh, we have a downloadable driver. We have uh, 
uh, variable shade rating capability coming into, into mobile devices now. And we can take full advantage of that with our solutions and crack that market with, with the correct partners and, and allow that market to grow uh, because we feel that there's a spot available for uh, an extra device that you can carry besides your phone and be concentrated on, on, um, on gaming. So, yeah, let's talk about the reference device you've shown off at the summit. Uh, what exactly I mean, does it look like? What, give me some details on, or give our listeners some details on you know, what we can expect with this reference device, which, to be clear, you're not selling. It's just it's largely for partners to go and build upon, right? Yeah, that is correct. It's really a developer platform uh, so that, so that uh, game developers can optimize to, to that hardware and be able to distribute games through, through their services and, and streaming capabilities as well. Um, so it's really meant for that. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's an integrated controller display solution that is built particularly to, um, to hold the performance. You know, most of the time when you look at, you know, uh, uh, the benchmarks for, for mobile games, or when you're running, uh, multiple instances of the benchmark, you get some sort of uh, degrading of the performance as time goes by. Well, Qualcomm has been known to try to hold the performance as long as possible, even when you do multiple instances um, you know, of, of the benchmark. But in particular, we concentrated to make sure that this design can actually hold as much of the performance as necessary. Uh, you, know, we, you know, we can hold max performance for, for multiple, like two or three hours. Uh, you know, we have uh, a very good fan system placed in there. We have very good touch controlling capability. Um, the two, the, the each hand controller is integrated into the design itself. Uh, and it's running 120 hertz refresh uh, display. And the game is running at 144 hertz. So it's, it's, a, it's a very robust gaming platform and a great developer platform for, for game developers to optimize to the underlying technology. And I know the Steam Deck costs about four hundred dollars starting price, and I think it goes up to about six fifty. What uh, do you have any sense of pricing wise? What what you would be targeting, or what your partners would be targeting when it comes to this potential game advice? No, unfortunately, what we want to do is to provide the what's under the hood and the underlying technology, and encourage the ecosystem with uh, proper interfaces and and software developer kits to allow allow developers to grow with that. But from a pricing perspective, we don't really get involved in any of those things. That's it for today. Stay tuned tomorrow for the final part as we talk about the metaverse, extended reality, and 5G. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or send for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. And if you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.